I'm Tristan Miller, and you're listening to Positive and Negative, a podcast about mental health in the arts. Today on the program, I have comedian and writer Glenn Tickle. Glenn is also a father as well as a very funny human being. Here he is talking about what helps him get through his depression. For me, and I can't stress that part of it enough, that like, just me. Uh, this is not advice. Uh, uh, having kids, yeah. Um, and before my kids, having my dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Where having a thing that needs you, yeah. Uh, again, for me, was very helpful to be like. Mm-hmm. I would love to not get up right now, mm-hmm. but like, this dog clearly needs to go outside. Yeah. Uh, and go for a walk. So then, like, that forces me to go outside and go for a walk, mm-hmm. or. Uh, same thing with with my kids, and part of it is like, oh, they're adorable. Like mm-hmm. when helps. my when my six year old uh, wants me to get out of bed and play, you know, Mario with her. Yeah, I was like, that's hard to say no to, just because yeah. it's cute. Like this podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J Miller to support us there. Our theme song is. To Be or Nah by Billy Conahan off of the album Leaping with Intent to Fly. And you can find that album on iTunes, Spotify, and Bandcamp. You can find Glenn Tickle at Glenn Tickle on most social media websites. Also go to glentickle.com for his tour dates. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of the interview. Let's get it started. How long have you been doing comedy and stuff? How'd you get into it? Since 2009. 2009, okay. Uh, yeah, I went to school for film, and then when you graduate, they don't let you use cameras and stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I got real bored. I was still yeah. writing scripts, but I couldn't get anything produced. We mm-hmm. tried to do uh, a few shorts kind of on our own, but like with the terrible equipment we could afford to use, yeah. it, everything was coming out real bad, yeah. so it wasn't enjoyable. Mm. Who's we? Uh, just the friends okay uh, you and your friends yeah okay. it was, uh, a friend of mine named dan van winkle uh, mm-hmm. i worked with a lot he and i did a, a movie my last year of college um and he's i forget his official job title he writes for the mary sue and, oh very cool um is i think he's like secretly in charge of the mary sue but <laughs> because of what the mary sue is no one wants to tell anybody that dan van winkle is in charge yeah of yeah yeah uh oh. but he we used to write together on a site called Geeko System that kind of got folded into that sure. site. And then I left shortly thereafter. But he's, I think of everyone who worked there when that merger happened, he's the last one standing. And we're like, <laughs> sure. why? Why are you? Like, get another job like everyone else had. Where'd you, uh, where'd you go to school? At Ramapo College of New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, which is in New Jersey. As <laughs> I do a lot of college shows. And mm-hmm. this past weekend, I was at NACA, which is, mm-hmm. um, I think comedians know what it is, but it's uh, like a showcase where basically performers go and you perform for like the college bookers and like the student activities oh, cool. yeah. people. And they decide who to bring out for the semester. Sure. So I meet like 5,000 college students in a yeah. weekend. And they, I all, I'm, I ask everybody, I'm like, oh, what school do you go to? And they'll just say some. Well, and I half of the time I lie. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I know where that is. I have no idea. <laughs> but they're all also wearing name tags that say mm-hmm. like where that place mm-hmm. is. I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah. in. What's and I tried not to visibly read it off their name tag to them. Yeah. Uh, what's that like? Like dealing with that amount of people after a show? Uh, it's weird. It's actually weirder before. Yeah. 
it's I'm doing another one next month, and it's a two day event. I will yeah. be there Friday and Saturday. I'm not showcasing until Saturday. Uh-huh. So Friday, no one is ha, will have any idea who I am, yeah. any reason to talk to me because sure. there's they go to these shows and there's an exhibit hall where there's you know booth is like a comic con kind of setup. Yeah, and at that like, like it's artist. sad because yeah. you go before it and everyone's just walking by you they have yeah. no reason to talk to you i've done enough of them now where students will remember me from like earlier ones mm-hmm. but it's such a small percentage of yeah. the people at this at these events yeah so i think i will actually probably skip the first exhibit hall because it's in hershey pennsylvania and i bring my my okay. family goes with me so mm-hmm. uh the first couple times like my wife and daughter would just go do all the fun hershey things yeah because i was self-represented at the time so there mm-hmm. were a lot more things I needed to be at that now I just send my agent to. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I can go on the, the boring chocolate tour as well. That is very nice. That yeah, must be a nice fun. change. You also, like, get to spend time with your family. Yeah, last time I did it was, I think, two years ago, this one, and we scheduled an extra day Yeah. Uh, just so I could actually do things with them. Because yeah. that weekend, I think I, that's when I signed with my agent because mm-hmm. there was – to do a lot yeah so you went to school for screenwriting then uh i went for contemporary arts colon film i think is the official title because they had contract majors at my school which is they didn't offer a film major at the time but if you could justify with their current course catalog you could major in just about anything okay you just had to like prove you're like look you have all these film classes like Mm -hmm. you could have a film major yeah and then enough of us did that that they have one now cool uh which is nice Mm -hmm. but it's uh, at the time, yeah, it was it was great because I didn't have to work very hard because a lot of the classes were in different departments mm-hmm. where the professors didn't work together. Sure. So I would ha- I would just have to write like four papers on the same movie. Where it's like here here's a paper on Rashomon again. I guess. Like, <laughs> I will keep. Yeah, watching Yeah, I'll film. write three papers on Rashomon that are all slightly different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was very easy. <laughs> I. Uh, like I, I deal with a lot of college students. Like, oh, what's your major? I'm like, you should have gone for, you should have done a contract major in film because yeah. <laughs> Just I went to school for five and a half years. There was a semester I didn't take any classes. I did an independent study, wow. uh, a co-op, and a uh, internship for yeah. twelve credits. And I was registering, and I did those first, and the minimum was twelve credits. I was like, I'm yeah, good. I'm, uh, that's yeah. I don't I don't see any reason to <laughs> overdo it. Yeah, and did that, do you think, lead you to explore more artistic expressions? Well, that was the idea, was uh, the independent study I was doing, I was was doing a short. Sure. Um, I think it was just finishing editing a short. Like, there was really Uh no reason to make it take a semester. (laughs) But once I was told I could, I was like, oh, yeah, then that. I'm like, no, like, I I wanted to spend time making this thing as good as I could make it. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I don't. I just, I was never a great student. If it's mm-hmm. a class that I was interested in, I did very well. Sure. Um, so my film classes, basically, the format of all of them was: this semester you will make a film, and yeah. then so you do like intro to filmmaking, and then intermediate, and then you know you do a, make it a little better each mm-hmm. time. But basically, the requirement of the class was make one short, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And I would do that like two weeks in. Uh, and my professor's like, yeah, this is fine. This is, you know, you'll get an A. You don't have to come anymore. I'm like, but I, I would like to. Yeah, uh, I would like to learn. Uh, yeah, more, I want. I would like to keep coming and doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was the, probably the only time I'd ever been told like, yeah, you don't have to go to class anymore. I was like, 
yeah, I'm going to still come though. Yeah. <laughs> if any other, if like a biology teacher is like, look, if you, if you're fine with taking a C minus, you don't have to come anymore. I would never have seen that person again. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. yeah, with that, I, I yeah. like, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do well. Of course. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to watch what everyone else in my class was making to make sure it wasn't as good <laughs> as what I was doing. Um, except for there were two, there were two people because it's a small school. So yeah. the 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 people taking film classes, uh-huh. it's a pretty small group. Uh, there were two people. Where I'm like, oh no, like I, they're genuinely great. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, the the feature I did my last year of school, I hired them to work on it. Cause it was like, oh, like great. I'm not gonna do better than this. You guys are incredible. Like, please come. That's great. Uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna forget Matt's last name, but it's Justin Albrick and Matt. Ziegler? I'm yeah. sorry if that's not your last name. Um, and it's how, been 15 years. Yeah, that's fair. That's, you know, that's a fair. Yeah. Like, how did you pivot to doing stand-up then? It was mostly because, like I said, like I couldn't make movies anymore. Yeah. Uh, and writing, I would apply for writing jobs and not get them, and stand-ups would. I'm like, well, like I've been doing funny shorts. Like I, mm-hmm. I know how to write a joke. I did mm-hmm. it. I did an open mic once in college, and it went mm-hmm. real bad. So I'm like, oh, like, I just won't do that. But I didn't write any jokes because I didn't know how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, you just go up and talk and it's hilarious and people love you. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't how it no. shook out. Uh, but then a few years later, I was like, oh, like, I'll write jokes. Yeah. And then go back and try it again. And I did. And it went fine. Like, I'm not going to say I crushed, but it went if it went poorly, I wouldn't have done it again. Sure. It went well enough that I kept going back to this open mic mm-hmm. and then yeah i'm like oh this is this kind of scratches that itch of doing a thing because with film you write a script and it can be literally a year or two before you find out if people think your thing is funny yeah but you know you know in con- like you can think of something while you're standing on stage say it out loud and find out immediately i'm like oh this is great yeah like, i love the immediacy of it mm-hmm. um yeah the marx brothers used to do all their movies as plays yeah see where the laughs were that kind of thing like you can just immediately tell. yeah and you can do stage readings and stuff but yeah. depending on what it is um there there's i found a, a pdf of a weird short that i wrote about mimes that will probably never get produced because the number of very good <laughs> mimes it requires to like pull off the jokes i'm like i don't know we're ever gonna get 20 mimes that can really sell these bits and it's I read it on paper. Can I tell you, mimes are desperate. They'll probably uh, do it. Yeah, but I don't know that there's that many of them. Uh, like, I think you would be surprised. I've been mind trained, so if really? you do get produced, it call me up. I will. It's okay. uh, yeah, it's one mime talks, and then like twenty other mimes swoop in to try to kill him. And that's it's, very funny. But it, it's an action movie, but it's all mimed. But things like really explode. Like you mime a rocket launcher, and then. That's There's a very an explosion. Fun. Yeah. That's a great hook. It's very fun, uh, but I'm like, it would be so hard to make. Like, yeah. I would hand it off to somebody. I'd be like, yeah, please, oh, yeah, sure. please you do this so I don't have to. Because that was the <laughs> other thing I found out after directing a feature. I was like, I think the writing part. Like, I'm very proud of the script for the movie. Yeah. Uh, the f- finished product, I was like, that's the best I could do. Like, we did it. We sort of sold it as this thing that we did very cheaply uh, mm-hmm. because we couldn't get a lot of money for it. So mm-hmm. uh, we shot it and got... We we shot it and edited it for under a thousand dollars, which uh, in two thousand six uh, was I feel like a bigger accomplishment. Now yeah. like 
It kills me because if we shot it on a phone today, it would look a hundred times better than yeah. it did on like pretty decent digital camera equipment at the time. Yeah. Uh, which just breaks my heart. But <laughs> if you watch it, you're like, yeah, this looks like a 22 year old made it for a thousand dollars. Like <laughs> it's, it's which not is okay because that's what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. those are the given circumstances. Like it's yeah. not, I'm not ashamed of it, but yeah. I'm like, I, I don't like watching it because I'm like, well, now I, I think I could do a lot better. I don't know that I could write the script better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part I'm still very proud of. Um, what are the differences in between, like, how you approach writing an essay, a script, and jokes, and, like, stand-up material? Um, stand-up material, I forget who I was talking to. A friend of mine made fun of me mm-hmm. because I jokingly answered. I was like, I just wait for my kid to do something cute or scary, and I tell people about it. As like a joke, and he's like, "That's yeah. that's literally exactly what you do," and basically it is like yeah. that's that's been my process since my daughter was born six sure. years ago. I was like, "Oh, like I'm terrified that the idea that I have children and mm-hmm. am responsible for them." Yeah. So a lot of the jokes are about my daughter being scary, but she herself, like, I mean, all kids are a little bit scary, but it's mostly that she just as an entity is scary to me because I am responsible for her. And now there's two of them. So Mm -hmm. it's even worse. Um, I'm better. It's better. Um, They're great. Kids are great. My (laughs) kids are great. They don't terrify me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, that's what a lot of it is. Like somebody asked me, like, well, you do a lot of jokes about your kids, but not really any that much about your wife. I'm like, well, I don't, not afraid of her. (laughs) She's, she's a very nice lady. So the, The punchline to the bit that I've been trying to work out is like, oh, don't you hate it when someone loves and supports you unconditionally? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's the it's the worst. Ah. Like, I would not be able to have been I would not have been able to pursue comedy mm-hmm. at the level I'm doing it now without her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I was just doing another podcast a couple weeks ago and I lost my train of thought and I only said the first half of this, which was uh, she is as supportive of my comedy career as she can be without understanding why I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like she is not a comedian. She like, she watches comedy. She gets it, but she's, I don't, she's not a performer. She doesn't, she did like plays and things in college, mm-hmm. uh, in high school and was in like the pit band in plays mm-hmm. in college. Um, but after she's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's for me. Um, but she's a librarian yeah. And she's a librarian in the library in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I, I've tried making the point. I'm like, there's libraries all over the world. Like, mm-hmm. I can do my job from anywhere. Why do we live in this boring rural New Jersey town? Sure. And she's like, well, I want to be a librarian there at that library. I'm like, I don't get it, but okay. Like, mm-hmm. if that's the trade-off, then sure. Like, yeah. if that's – so that's uh, – I feel like we have a similar understanding of each other's careers where I'm like – I, I I have a general idea of what a librarian does. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> something, something Dewey Decimal System. Something. Right. Like, yeah, yeah the, I could, I know how to look up where a book is and I mm-hmm. can probably, if somebody else needed help doing that, I could tell them. Yeah. Uh, I know she does more things than that. Mm-hmm. Like she plans events and mm-hmm. does other things. There was another library that opened in our town. It was a big, Ooh. yeah, it was a big scandal. Uh, made her job very difficult for a few weeks so I got to hear all about how library systems work and Mm -hmm. are surprisingly competitive with one another yeah Um, yeah but the part where she wants to work at that library I'm like okay like sure whatever we got to do to make that happen Mm -hmm. Uh, which is actually a big reason I pursued doing college shows so much is because 
they pay pretty well and like allow me to live in a part of the world where there's not a lot of comedies to do. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't get up very often. Like this pat, I've been touring for the past two weeks, so I've, I've gotten up a lot, but yeah. Uh, typically like when i'm not doing a run of college shows or something like i'll go up like once or twice a week and Mm -hmm. it's i feel like it should be more than that but then also like i don't know i I, there's no there's not like i can do it without driving into the city every night yeah which i used to do more before the kids yeah that makes sense but then after my daughter was born i think i got better at comedy because it kind of focused what my comedy was about yeah I, i would also imagine that like you had other parts of your life that are more important than the yeah. set. Yeah, and I also well. used to work in the city. Uh, a sure. couple of days a week, I would commute in, and then it was yeah. a lot easier to just be like, "Oh, like mm-hmm. after work, I'll just stay and do some do some mics, and then go home." Yeah, um, but going back a little bit, like, what's the difference between like how you you because you you've written for some comedy websites? And, uh, like, I've written doing... for some websites. Sure, uh, but assuming like essays and stuff like that, yeah. I've done so a lot of what it was. It was like cultural, sure. uh, geek culture things, mm-hmm. or uh, I do a lot of. I not anymore, but I used to do a lot of like science and space reporting. Okay, but for an audience that was very broad, like it wasn't mm-hmm. ever particularly technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came up again because I did a presentation about it at uh, Nerd Night in in Bethlehem. There was, uh, this was years ago, there was a picture going around the internet. Everybody's making basically the same joke on Twitter. Uh, it was a robot, but yeah. with like a screen in front of it of like a patient bent over a table and a doctor like with his hand uh-huh, in the robot uh-huh. butt. And the joke that I kept seeing was like, oh, like, you know, the new Wii U peripheral seems a mm-hmm. little weird. <laughs> uh, and I kept seeing that picture and I'm like, but what is that? Like, what is it for real? <laughs> so I tracked down the doctor who invented it and did an interview with him. Yeah. And he was very patient because he's like, this is very serious work. It will help a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, but it is also a robot. <laughs> so like, let me ask you butt questions. <laughs> he like very, very patiently like dealt with me. That's nice. Uh, he would not let me go down to Drexel University to play with his robot butt. That's fair. <laughs> I kept like trying to invite myself he's like mm. i don't think that's a good idea yeah yeah um but like what is what is the so it, it's mostly it sounds like most of the the writing you do just comes from a similar place of just like being curious about something yeah know? it was it was a lot of me answering questions for myself that nobody asked me but <laughs> okay so I, I mean i point out they weren't comedy sites but yeah. i i like to think the things i was writing were, were funny and you're currently touring like an hour thing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm recording a special later this year. I don't have yeah. a date yet, but I really need to set one. Sure. Uh, it's in 2016. My brother died, mm-hmm. and immediately, like on the phone when I learned the news, I was thinking about jokes about it. Uh, and yeah. I, I, when I went back, I took I think it was exactly two weeks off from doing any shows, and when I went back, I started doing those jokes, mm-hmm. and they they work. Like I'm. They're good. I'm proud of them. But if mm-hmm. I try to slip them into a regular hour of comedy, yeah. like it's a real like hard a lot, turn yeah. in the middle of a set to like, to go from like, hey, I know I've been telling cute stories about my my kids for half an hour, but also I have a dead brother and here's some great jokes about it. Um, <laughs> so the show yeah. is called Good Grief, and I mm-hmm. I titled it. It's a bad name. I disagree. Uh, fully. 
the uh, the there was a worse name uh, Ooh, that I found. I I'd forgotten, oh. but I was going through notes. Yeah, and I had I had the possible title section, mm-hmm. and uh, my brother's name was Mark. So missing the mark was one of them. And I was like, it was it was you could barely read it for how hard I had already crossed it out. <laughs> But I was like so disgusted with myself for even sure. having the thought of calling sure. it that. But that's a little bit how I feel about the title "Good Grief." But it's sell it, it. It's succinct. It's succinct, and and I I start the show by come like I do a fake start, and then a, I force an encore, uh, <laughs> which is a thing I've been doing because it feels good. Like uh, I've been telling audiences, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you this last story, which is uh, the the closer that I've been doing for a while mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I'm going to walk off stage as if I am done. But then you guys are going to go bananas. Like you're going to clap so hard. I have no choice, but to come back out and tell you the postscript to this story. Yeah. Uh, so I do that and then they all want to find out what the postscript is. So they play along mm-hmm. and then I come back out and I tell it, uh, I do it a similar thing in, in good grief because uh, I I end it by doing an encore where I just do jokes about my kids, mm-hmm. and the the explanation that I give is uh, I don't want to be the dead brother guy. I would like if I'm known as that dad comic, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like yeah. I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want people being like, mm, "You that dead brother guy <laughs> like that." I the reason the other reason I'm doing it as a special and recording it is like I don't want to do these jokes anymore. They make yeah. me sad. That um, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I'm doing it in Chicago. Uh, this weekend and uh, I don't think a lot of people are coming Mm. because I feel super weird really pushing this one like if I was doing just a regular stand up show you know I would have put more effort into promoting it Um, I didn't do nothing like I don't Mm -hmm. just book it and then hope but I feel weird Uh, I feel weird about doing the show at all which I talk about in the show um because I, I talked about it with my therapist at the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm profiting off my brother's death by doing this. Uh, and there's a joke in the show about what she said, which was, if you were a carpenter and your brother died and you went and made a bunch of chairs to deal with his death, no one would think that's weird. Yeah. I'm like, but if I carved my brother is dead into all the chairs, <laughs> like, I don't think they'd sell particularly well. And... <laughs> She laughed too, and she would get mad at herself yeah. if, I, if I made her laugh in therapy. Yeah, sure. Because she's like, she's specific. She's like, don't just do joke. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. You don't. don't have to try to entertain mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I disagree because you're a person in the world. Yeah. Uh, That's very funny. Um, how, like, what was your besides immediately thinking of jokes? Like, how did you deal with that? Um, that was honestly like the main, yeah, the main way, and. At one point, uh, I don't I, I don't remember if I if I mentioned him specifically in the show. A family member will say, mm-hmm. "Pull me aside." And he's like, "I think you're taking this the hardest out of everybody." Yeah, but it, he's the one who took it the hardest. Uh, and like, sure, right, it, uh, I feel like you could probably figure out who it is. Like, mm-hmm. it should have been like it should be him who was taking it the hardest. Yeah, uh, not that I. And I'm like I. I don't know. I'm over here cracking jokes and mm-hmm. like still having a pretty okay time. Like yeah. I took it fairly hard, but like my brother and I weren't super close. Interesting. Um, I'm one of five kids. So there's a lot of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And we all get along. Like it, we weren't like estranged, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I s- see him a couple times a year at holidays or he would show up at a show somewhere. 
um we got along but we weren't like Mm-hmm. that close but it was still you know my younger brother like you wouldn't you don't expect younger brothers to yeah. die um I do, as a younger brother yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i have one older brother uh two younger brothers and a sister and yeah it's i do i tell stories about uh when all my grandparents died in the show mm-hmm. and part of the joke is like well yeah they're supposed to yeah like, they're like they're practice runs for other people yeah. dying in your life mm-hmm. and it goes pets grandparents then the yeah. rest of the family and uh, so I tell all these stories. I tell stories about all my remaining siblings. And I I asked my family. I'm like, because pretty soon after my brother died, I'm like, I I'd, I'd thought of the jokes. Like the show, the jokes in the show I wrote like days after it happened. And I've just been like kind of reworking the mm-hmm. order and transitions and stuff for, for two years. Um, but it was pretty clear that I was going to be doing the jokes like yeah. on stage afterwards. Yeah. So I, I talked to my family about it and I was like, I either have to do jokes about this mm-hmm. or not do jokes. And I'm not going to not do jokes. So mm-hmm. I kind of just need you guys to be on board. Tell me this is okay. Yeah. Uh, and they all did. My mom told me, she's like, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I'm, I never want to see it. And I was like, I don't blame you at all. Yeah, yeah no, no, of course. I don't terrible. want you to. Yeah. Yes. Um, my dad has come to a couple of the performances yeah. and uh, it changes how it goes for me. Sure. Like, Cause some of the stuff and I like, I, I didn't run specific material by anybody unless it was a specific story about them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a story about one of my remaining brothers where I'm like, I asked him like, here's the story. What do you think? And he's like, I don't remember that at all. Uh, it was a story about my grandmother's funeral. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not gonna tell you no. He's like, that's I don't mm-hmm. remember it that way. I don't remember it happening, but sure. Like yeah. it doesn't make him look better. It's just like a story about uh, a thing that happened. Yeah, that he was there for. Because uh, after, I think there was I, I had a story about my youngest brother, and I'm like, oh, I should work stories about my my sister and older brother in here mm-hmm. too. Like that makes sense to me as like a, just from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's overall about the loss of my younger brother. So I'm like, I should include the alive ones, yeah. I think. Because I took my youngest brother on tour with me after after it happened. Um, and it was like a week and a half, I think. And it was a lot of like driving through places without cell service. And mm. like I said, like I get along with all my siblings, but like, I don't know, I've known that known that dude for at that point i think he was 26 i'm like we're kind of out of stuff to talk about like this is like <laughs> oh, no what what else are we gonna do yeah. so it it also became like driving around with comics to do shows is very fun yeah for comics yeah but turns out not for uh volunteer firefighters <laughs> like my youngest brother is i'm like he just seemed bored for a lot of it like not sure. bored to be spending time with me but like oh, do you want to go drive nine hours to West Virginia? And he's like, I'll do it, but like, I'm not as excited about it yeah. as you seem to be. That's nine hours of my life. I'm yeah. not going to get back, yeah. Uh, so I've been doing a joke about it. I'm like, ah, like we took our, our kids to the to the beach over the summer, but like we we packed them like coloring, but I'm like, I should have brought you activities. Like, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> uh, cell service didn't factor in. I'm like, oh yeah, you can just play on his phone, but you can't in a lot of places sure. where you're driving through. <laughs> 
So he's just just sitting there. We were we couldn't like stream anything. We're just listening to bad radio. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, I should, oh, I should have brought you something to do. A like etch a sketch, anything. <laughs> you start playing uh, like driving games. Yeah, I think we yeah. did at one point yeah. just because like you do when you're kids and you it's sort of like default a to it. Something. Yeah. Um, was it difficult going through and trying to make something that's terrible funny? Uh, yes. Uh, that's why it's, it's, so my brother died June 12th of 2016 Mm -hmm. and it's now 2019 and I Mm -hmm. haven't recorded this thing yet Yeah, because it's hard to do. Uh, so the hour is not going to change. Like I could drag this out another year. The hour is not going to change that much. It's just a question of, well, I want to be able to do it well. Yeah. So to like when I, I recorded an album shortly before my brother died <laughs> and before I did that, like I just ran that hour as many times as I could before the yeah. date we set to record it. And then by the time we recorded it, like I can do that hour. Uh, I still I will default to that hour just because I've done it so many times. Like if I'm doing a show that I don't really prepare for mm. uh, with newer stuff, I will just I can fall back into doing that hour. Yeah. Like, pretty easily. Um, but I'm not at that point with this show because I've only done it probably 10 times. Yeah. Uh, I've like, I've workshopped the material a bunch, but yeah. as, as, as an hour, yeah. probably like yeah 10 times, which isn't enough. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to run it more if I'm going to record it, mm-hmm. but doing it is the pits. Like, yeah, you have w- the idea of like sitting down to think, Oh, well what's hilarious about the time my brother died. Like <laughs> the answer is nothing. Like it's not, yeah. um, but then, like the event is not funny. The things that happened around it sure uh, are because so one of the themes of the show is like no one knows how to talk to anyone yeah. after they lose somebody. Like, and we should because it happens all the time and to literally everybody. Yeah. Uh, the the joke in the show is we all know somebody who died or will soon or it's you and you're a ghost. Yeah. And it's because <laughs> like. There's no reason that we haven't worked it. Like, I think that's yeah. what funerals are for, basically, like is to help. It's more for the, the people being left behind as like mm-hmm. a, well, here we did this thing. This is the thing we do. Now we can all feel better, mm-hmm. um, which my parents didn't want to do a traditional like we grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assumed that's what we would do. Mm-hmm. And then my parents were like, oh, like Mark didn't really go to church. I don't think that's what he really want. So we ended up just doing like we did a, a viewing and then we did like a, a party at my parents' house, mm-hmm. uh, which is a thing we used to do like every year. Everybody would come over. They'd all play wiffle ball. My brother would beat everybody at it. Uh, so they're like, oh, we th- that's yeah, that's what we should do. And I'm like, OK. Or like the other thing that we've all pra- like I've yeah. been to funerals before. I know how those go. Yeah. Um, so we didn't do that. So I think uh, that was part of it for me of like, oh, I don't getting over it and but also like i don't think you're supposed to get over it by writing an hour of jokes about it either but (laughs) that's what i did so sure um is it harder emotionally or objectively like is it harder to make a joke or is it harder to say the joke um the jokes are easy the The, jokes are easy. the parts sort of the more earnest parts Mm -hmm. in the show and i i've been selling it as a one-man show rather than stand-up because i feel like it's easier to get on board. Lowers the expectations of how many hard jokes there are. Yeah. Because uh, there are some, but if I just do the jokes, it feels ghoulish to me. Yeah, I can understand uh, that. So there's also like the earnest parts where I feel like they really justify how why I'm being so flippant about 
yeah. about it to to be doing these jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, those parts are harder. Uh, one thing I noticed is that it's not it's not like there's always one thing that I say that I get like choked up on. It will happen randomly throughout the show sure, at so different points prepare. every time I do it. Yeah. Um, if I over prepare, then I feel like it's robotic and that feels bad. Yeah. Like if I, that's the thing I'm worried about. Like if I, you know, book, I, I booked uh, a rehearsal space and, and ran it, you know, mm-hmm. once a week for, for a month. By the end of that month, uh, that last performance went a lot more smoothly than the other ones. But also I'm like, oh, I didn't get choked up at all or anything but i'm like but i should like i'm still talking about this incredibly sad thing so i feel like over rehearsing it uh makes it feel disingenuous and then again like uh i feel bad for doing it when i started doing it i genuinely thought people would get mad at me Mm. which only happened once when i tried to do the jokes in a regular stand-up set yeah uh one lady was like it's really insensitive of you to do jokes about your brother i'm like that's not like it's your brother yeah it's like, like you never met him um, he's not here yeah but if i do uh no one's ever come to the show yeah. and been mad at me yeah and i i two thoughts one i don't think you should feel bad about doing the show because i would look at it as like you are probably supporting someone in the audience that has lost someone and they're supporting you by helping you process it. People one. have said that and yeah. I, I'm genuinely surprised. Mm. Like that was not my intent. Uh, yeah. The first time I workshopped it as a whole, yeah. a friend of mine came up and I didn't, he had lost like an uncle or somebody yeah. recently. Uh, we weren't terribly close. So he's like, Oh, you know, I lost somebody really helped like mm-hmm. hearing somebody talk so openly about it. I was like, it never crossed my mind that yeah. this would be helpful for anyone but me. That's uh, funny. Like, but, it, it's it was purely selfish on my part. Yeah. Like, I'm glad it helped. It has helped people because he's not the only one who has yeah. said that. Like, I've heard it from enough people where I genuinely feel that like if I record this and put it out in the world, it will like be a net good. Yeah. Uh, but also like, uh, it will make me feel better and also yeah. hopefully make me money. Yes. <laughs> like, it's still a comedy special that I'm putting money into producing. Yeah. Uh, which is the, again like a gross. There's a joke in the in the thing where I I do like a, a just a full on sales pitch for my album. That's fun. Uh, because I'm like I I I feel this way. So what is the most Res- absurd yes uh, length I can take this to? And it's yeah. literally like I I do a turn from this very earnest moment of talking about uh, seeing the line at my brother's viewing uh, and how many people came out to see yeah. my brother. I'm like wow. half these people buy my comedy album it's really gonna help me get over this terrible loss and that's the joke that i lose people on like more than any other like that people like you can hear you can hear buttholes tighten oh that's so good though uh, but yeah like it's comics laugh at it because we're dead inside yeah what but regular people was like ooh, that's too and it's it's like towards the end of the show and they've already heard all these other ones and that's the one they're like Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's on purpose. And I yeah. explain that it's because because of the sales pitch thing. I'm like, it's. I feel like I'm using this to turn like family tragedy into profit. Well, I mean, um, that's every artist, number one. Yeah, I mean, that was like back to my therapist point yeah. about the chairs. I'm like, well, I mean, every... I feel that way because it's objectively what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Like, if I was just, I'm not just doing these jokes in a vacuum. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm <laughs> filming a special and releasing it and charging money for it. like yeah, I, I want it to do well enough mm-hmm. to be profitable yeah um that's not 
the reason I am doing it, but yeah. I, you know, if you're going to do it, you have to do it. That yeah, way. I yeah. think, and I think it's because my brother died like the month before I was able to like legitimately say I was like a working professional comedian. Like mm. uh, that was when I like after I recorded my album, I went on uh, a co- like a college tour the first time. I'd done shows, but like this was the first time I was doing like a lot of them very close together. And then mm-hmm. I had the album to promote. Like oh like this is all going pretty well like I've at that point put I think it was six or seven years into comedy I'm like I can't stop now like yeah this is what um, I'm doing if if he died six months earlier it would have uh, changed things a lot more I think I don't mm-hmm. know that I would have uh, just kept doing comedy as a given I was like I I have a lot of like time and money sunk into this like it's it's irresponsible of me to give up at this point yeah um but if he did it like before we recorded that album i'm like i don't know that it would have uh i probably would have kept doing comedy but it wouldn't have been like oh well yeah like of course i am like i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. stop yeah well um what was it like going through therapy for this uh i i took a while to go back uh so you've been therapy before i had been in therapy before um, and I, I, I've gone back a couple of times kind of off and on. Uh, and then I get to a point where, uh, it feels like I'm not getting as much out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I stop going and then I, uh, get real sad and I go back, which yeah. I understand is not, that's not the way. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, the reason you're getting less out of it is cause it's working. Sure. Like yeah. I understand that intellectually, but also but, uh, the, the, this last time it's cause my therapist moved. Oh, sure. Uh, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll just get another one and then just have it. Yeah, yeah. But at that point I'd been going for a couple months. Yeah. Uh, she, that therapist told me that she thinks I have ADD mm-hmm. and she's probably right. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she's like, I think you'd be helped by like Adderall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a therapist, so she can't write a yeah. prescription. So she like sent me on this quest to find Adderall <laughs> that I could like, it, it never paid off up in the Adderall uh, next. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like every time I went back to her, all we talked about was like my quest for Adderall. Ah, I see. And I was That's like, not... I, I can't find it. Like she told me to Google drug seeking behavior when I go to the other doctor and not do any of it. Because then he would think I'm just there to get Adderall. But yeah. I'm like, you're Could sending me that. Could she just write a referral for you? That's what I thought. I'm like, you can send me a note. She's like, nah. And I'm like, oh, okay. But Ugh. then she moved. Because yeah. I, I would go. I was going every week or every other week or something. Mm-hmm. But then it was just, that's all we talked about. Yeah. So then I would go less frequently because I'm like, oh, maybe like if I wait another week to go back, I'll find some Adderall. <laughs> and I never did. And then I call and they're like, oh, yeah, she left. Because it was, it got to the point yeah. where like I I was doing it like every month or every other month or something, yeah. and then she just wasn't there anymore. And I was like, oh, I'll find another one. I'm like, eh. but what was it uh, like for? What was the differences between? Uh, like, it's hard in? because by the time I went, it was it had been probably six months, mm. uh, and it was because work had become hard. Mm. Uh, I was writing for uh, for Laughing Squad at the time, and like I said, those are very short, very straightforward. Fairly easy to write posts. Uh, I did about eight of them a day usually. Uh, and I could easily do eight of them in a day. Like, it sounds like a lot if you think of, like, a blog post as anything mm-hmm. more than two sentences. But those were basically, like, a paragraph at yeah. most. Uh, the most, most of the time was spent, like, watching the thing or, like, finding, like, tracking down that, the original yeah. source or something. Yeah. Like, there was more than just writing two sentences to it. But mm-hmm. doing eight of them in a day was... Yeah not a difficult challenge until it was. And yeah. I was like, oh, like, yeah, this is, 
it got to the point where I was like really scrambling to get eight done mm-hmm. in a day. And I was like, oh yeah, it's probably because uh, I'm pretty depressed. Yeah. And it's like one of the, the symptoms that, that I get. And like, I just can't get anything done. Yeah. Um, so I went back and the, the hard thing is talking about anything else mm. because I felt like at that point I had, I had dealt with it. I'm like, I, I'm here, like my brother died six months ago, but like, that's not the only thing I got going on. Like, yeah. And when I went, when she told me to, to get Adderall, she sent me to a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And when I went, she's like, don't tell him your brother died. Uh, cause that's all he'll want to talk about. He'll just put you on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, I mean, maybe that's not bad. Like, may, like <laughs> I've been, I'd been on them in the past at that point was yeah. not currently on them. Um, but had been considered. And then, she was the one who floated this ADD idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I was aware of it as a thing, but I looked at, I'm like, yeah, that like, it pretty accurately describes like my educational history yeah, yeah. of the thing I said earlier, like, yeah. yeah, it was a class I'm interested in a, if it's not C minus, like I'm yeah. smart enough to squeak by, but I'm not going to put any work in. Sure. Um, that's a, that's a common yeah. ADD, uh, not symptom, like a thing teachers look for to screen yeah. in kids now. Um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that I'm 35, so it was less widely diagnosed sure. when I was a kid. Like I knew kids with ADD diagnoses who were on like Ritalin and stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, they were more, I feel extreme cases mm-hmm. than I had, which was just like bored in math class. Like yeah. I, I, I know enough math that that's fu- like, I don't need, I know what you're talking about already. Like I, yeah. It's also boring because I, I know it and this is fourth grade, so who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I told my, I told the psychiatrist that my brother died. Yeah. Uh, and she was, she's like, so he wouldn't give me Adderall. He's like, we should put you on antidepressants mm-hmm. first and see how it goes. And I'm like, I'm, I'm down for that because like, mm-hmm. I just need to do something. Yeah, I need to get uh, out of this. Yeah. So it uh, didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. The, the time I'd been on antidepressants previously, uh, it didn't didn't take uh, as well. I think I felt like I was much worse on them than off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have, um, I'm blanking on the name of the type of depression I was diagnosed with first, but it's not like I've had major depressive episodes, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't have like regular major depressive episodes. It's uh, okay. uh, dysthemia. Yeah, I think. Dysthymia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where it's just like, I don't know, you're just a little bit sad all the time. And yeah. I'm like, that sounds fine. That like, sounds also correct. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, accurate, but also, like, I can live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somebody, we, I was in uh, I was in a meeting, and somebody was being very difficult, and then everybody else was, like, getting really frustrated, and I was just, like, very calmly yeah. dealing with this person. And afterwards, someone was just like, I don't know how you can not get so angry i'm like i don't get anything like yeah i, I, I just real, don't care for real even keel like it's yeah. hard for me to get uh like i'll do i'll be doing a show and i'm really you nervous no i just don't i don't feel anything like <laughs> oh, that's man. an exaggeration but like yeah i don't get nervous because why like why would like, i get happy but it looks very similar to like when i'm tired like it's all just <laughs> it's all just kind of one note which sure. uh, I've I've gotten as feedback as negative feedback as a stand up. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, you're just kind of not as monotone as, as like Todd Barry. Yeah. Who uh, who's who's just like his, you know, delivery on stage, but also like 
just his voice is very even. I think yeah. I feel like mine my voice goes up and down like yeah. a little bit more, but uh yeah, like I don't know. I don't I do a few bits where I yell, but like it takes a lot of energy to do it. Sure. Um and it's yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't So both times the the antidepressants didn't take yeah, I just this last time the the first time I was on them, I de- I felt more depressed and worse mm-hmm. while taking them. And did you just initially go because you felt depressed and you needed a fix? What was the situation? Uh, there? Yeah, it was actually it was around the time I started doing comedy. Okay. Uh, because a big reason was like I need an outlet, like I need something to do. I was mm-hmm. I was doing increasingly less and less freelance video mm-hmm. uh, after college, and then I was I was working with this one company pretty regularly mm-hmm. uh but then there was like a slow season for them so i was like yeah. oh like i'll you know I'll, I'll get a job like waiting tables or something to sure. fill in and then i was doing less and less video and more and more waiting tables and I'm yeah like, oh shit now i'm just the waiter like yeah. uh which i didn't feel great about um which again like uh, there were people at that job who loved it and i'm yeah. like i'm glad great. you do i mm-hmm. do not um I need to not do this anymore, but I didn't have like, there's not a lot you can do with a contemporary arts film degree. Yeah. Uh, so I was having a hard time finding work, especially like the, the place where I live. Like there's not a lot in, in for the arts. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's not a ton of jobs. Originally my, my pitch to my wife about moving, I'm like, there's nothing here for me. Like I can't, mm-hmm. there's not like a great job that I'm going to find five minutes from our house. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I need to leave here to find meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was working as a substitute teacher for a while, which wasn't terrible except for the hours. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be up real early. And you don't know if you have a job the next day most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really stressful. And, yeah, so I, I went – I started going to therapy around the time I started doing open mics. And I forget I forget the – antidepressant i was on first but after like a couple months i was like no, this is definitely not not helping yeah. uh this is like i'm i'm worse now than six months ago or whenever when mm-hmm. i started taking it and the only real difference is this uh like i had the same mm-hmm. job like i'd been doing open mm-hmm. mics but i'm like i don't think that's gonna make me more depressed yeah um if i was doing it because uh, where i am like you could do a few a week at the time and now it's even less but it wasn't like I'm not going and bombing four times a night. Yeah. Five nights a week. Yeah. Uh, where it would like. That would eat impact. away. At you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fun. So I'm like, it's not that. Yeah. Um, so then they switched me to another one, which I just didn't feel like helped. So then they, we weaned me off of that one. I just didn't take the mm-hmm. next one that they prescribed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it went like for years. So I was like, oh yeah, fine. And then uh, I started having trouble getting work done after my brother died but it was like yeah. six months after where it was like yeah before it really started to impact it mm-hmm. uh like i took a couple weeks off uh from comedy and writing and doing anything after it happened uh and then when i went back i was like yeah like i, I can still you know perform i can still write yeah posts about seahorses yeah uh but after a while it just kept because writing from home like is uh, it's a, a very terrible luxury yeah. of it's great because you don't have that commute, but also you don't have like interactions with coworkers. You don't mm-hmm. have uh, like any, like it's just, there would be weeks where I would realize I've not left the house since like Thursday. I'm like, Oh, I need to go 
outside. I'm sure and that like, feeds into it too. Yeah. So uh, it was, we kind of mutually agreed that I should leave that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing comedy more cause I was touring, mm-hmm. but then it wasn't quite enough where it was sort of where I'm at now of like, I do enough comedy that it is my, my job, but I'm also home a lot with nothing to do. So like, I don't mm-hmm. quite feel comfortable doing nothing mm-hmm. in that. Like I don't make enough where I'm like, Oh, I can justify just sitting around the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, uh, like after school science demonstrations for kids. Oh, that's fun. Cause it's a thing where I feel like it is a, it's yeah, it's a good thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, I, it sort of ties into like what the stuff I used to write about. Uh, like I was a nerdy kid. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to meet both, uh, Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, also Paul Zaloom, the guy who played Beekman no, on Beekman's fun. world, uh, who like, those were like my heroes growing yeah. up. So it was great. Um, so I get to do basically that sort of thing, uh, which is very fun. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't pay terribly well. Like it's not a full-time thing, but yeah. I don't need it, it to helps. be because yeah. of comedy. So it gives me something else to do when I'm home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, you know, then I'll take a couple weeks off that and go drive around doing shows. What would you say the biggest help is to push past being depressed in those moments? Um, for me, and I can't stress that part of it enough that sure. like yeah. just and me, that, mm-hmm. uh, this is not advice. Uh, uh, having kids. Yeah. Um, and before my kids having my dog, mm-hmm. uh, where having a thing that needs you, yeah. uh, again for me was very helpful to be like Mm -hmm. i would love to not get up right now Mm -hmm. but like this dog clearly needs to go outside yeah uh and go for a walk so then like that forces me to go outside and go for a walk Mm -hmm. or uh same thing with with my kids and part of it is like oh they're adorable like Mm -hmm. when my when my six-year-old uh wants me to get out of bed and play you know mario with her yeah it's like that's hard to say no to just because it's cute like I mean, that makes sense, though. I mean, I think anyone who is depressed also can be like, and I, I find this a lot with my job as well. I'm a preschool teacher of like any sort of accountability. Yeah. You have to be there on Monday to teach those kids. Yeah. So you can't, You there's no option. If you don't give yourself the option, no matter what it is, Yeah. find an accountability, find responsibility within your life. I, like I said, that helped me, but I, mm-hmm. I, it, I feel like it would be terrible advice to tell somebody who's really but like, oh yeah, get have a kid, you'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, I think the what's it the, the core of it is like the responsibility of it, and like yeah. the forcing yourself, like I have, it's out of my control. I have to do this thing. Yeah, I have and, to get out. Uh, my wife is a huge help. Yeah. Uh, because she is, uh, very responsible, and I feel like while I. I've dealt with anxiety a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. Like depression is kind of my main, yeah, my main. You jam. mean depression, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hers is anxiety, sure. Which, when the same person has those two things, I feel like it's not great. But when, yeah, uh, you when can... you marry them and it's mm-hmm. two separate people operating on those levels, yeah. I think it really helps. Yeah, because I can be like, you need to just chill. <laughs> please just sit down and watch five episodes of Thirty Rock. With Nothing me. else is going on right <laughs> yeah. now. Like there's no, it's yeah. fine. We don't need. It's okay if we don't vacuum right now. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing is like, well, we need to vacuum at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Like, Compromise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's very useful. Um, 
but yeah, but like I said, like kids and the dog, like they need me to do things. Yeah. Um, but then when I'm on the road, it can be hard. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just because when it, when I, I like I said, I have two kids now. When it was one, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the number, I'm not calling my kid it. Um, when the number of children I have was one, mm-hmm. I felt bad because I'm like I will miss my wife and child and yeah. dog. Uh, but now that that number is two, I feel guilty mm. sticking my wife with both kids yeah, alone for like a couple days. Mm-hmm. And I only because anytime I am alone with them, I feel so completely overwhelmed. Sure. Um, where like my mother-in-law helps out a lot with the kids uh-huh. and there'll be times she's like, Oh, like I'll give you guys some time alone. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't want me hanging around. Like you can stay if you want. Please. You can stay like another Please. hour. Uh, like just you want to hang out just to, like make sure I get them fed and mm-hmm. then, then so she's been very helpful as well when I'm home I do you know a few of those after school yeah. things a week uh, so I pick my daughter up from school almost every day unless yep. I'm gone take come home like and then sometimes I have to like drop her off and then rush out to go mm-hmm. do the the science demonstrations but then I'm usually home for dinner in those yeah. cases like uh Except for when I'm touring, like I see you every day. When she was born, I was writing and I was uh, commuting a couple of days into New York for that ecosystem job. And there were days where I would leave before she woke up and she was already asleep when I got home. I'm like, oh, I hate this. Like, I hate yeah. these days. These are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that job. But the and, and eventually, like, I think I got down to where I was only going to the office. Uh twice a week on paper and then a couple weeks no days a week yeah uh, because the days i was going in i realized were days that the people the only people who would care whether i was there or not weren't in the office <laughs> so I, I just signed into group chat and didn't say anything no one knew yeah um yeah but i don't like that part of it of but not. now like yeah like if i'm gonna be if i you know once a month leave for a week like i feel better than if i was you know constantly working late and getting mm-hmm. home at eight o'clock to see her for five minutes before she goes to bed yeah which i, I realize is just you know out of necessity it's a lot of people's reality so yeah uh I don't know, that helps me get over i'm like yeah i feel bad looking at a six-year-old and be like bye i know you're real sad that i'm leaving but i don't care i'm leaving anyway <laughs> um but yeah plus like skype exists yeah or specifically facebook messenger exists because that's yeah. what she uh they put games in it now oh. where you can do like arcade games with your face and she just ignores me. Like she'll call, she'll want to, she'll enthusiastically want to do a call and then ignore me and play uh, this Astro game. Sure. Uh, and yes. I'll ask her questions and she'll just completely ignore me. And mm-hmm. yeah. The exact same experience as at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like how was school? I don't remember. Let's play Mario. Yep. Please stop asking me questions, old man. <laughs> well, I think I have everything I need from you. Delightful. If there's anything you want to mention, I will allow you to do it. Um, I I wish I had like more dates set for Good Grief. I'd be like, oh, come oh. come see me. I'll put uh, that in the beginning. Don't I will. It. it will be. I will do it at least one more time to record it, and then I don't know. I sure. where it's getting recorded is still up in the air. I was considering doing it uh, here in the city because I know a lot of people, but also there are more people. Yeah. Uh, like I know percentage wise a lot more people out by me, but there aren't as many of them and there aren't as many places to do a thing. So sure. I haven't really, I, I, I've just been dragging my feet on it cause it's hard to yeah. 
commit to stuff about this show. Like that makes sense. If again, like if it's just a regular stand-up tour, like that's so much easier to do. Like yeah. I don't care. Like I tried selling Good Grief to colleges as a show, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of them went for it. I didn't think yeah. any of them would, but my my agents like no, like they like having like a message with the things that they're yeah, programming, absolutely. so like you can talk about. Because sort of the, one of the themes, like, we should all talk more openly about grief. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal to tell a joke about your dead brother. Like, yeah. uh, we should all do it. Um, yeah. But. We should all get a brother. Yeah. Kill everyone them. Everyone should get a brother. And then joke about it. Everyone should uh, have that person die and then just, yeah, immediately, just within mm-hmm. seconds of finding out, write down your best joke. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so some of them went for it, but it's still, like. Because the way those showcases work is it's 10 minutes. And like I said, without the earnest parts, like just the joke. It seems crass. It's hard to sell it because in 10 minutes, because like you want to include the jokes to show like this is genuinely funny. Like it is about a sad thing. The show is comedy. It is it is funny and enjoyable Mm -hmm. for the audience. For me, it's kind of a bummer. Um, But also like I'm also not a monster. And Mm -hmm. some of like I one of the students I talked to. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I thought you were really funny. He's like, my whole group was like mad at you for doing jokes about your brother. I'm like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to be pissed. <laughs> I knew I it. I knew it. I knew there would be people. But like in that context, like I get it. Like the yeah. 10 minutes I did, I feel like summarizes the show. But if you're not on board for it, you're not on board for it. Yeah. And that's not your fault. No, I didn't yeah. kill my brother. <laughs> I have an alibi. Or did you? Yeah, that's the twist. That's the surprise yeah, that's the, twist. Yeah, that's the encore thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if uh, I'll do that OJ thing of like, if I did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a car accident. I don't know. Things happen. If it's if it's in the bit, I must acquit. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I even have a very good alibi. Now that I mentioned, I think I was just like, I was home watching TV. Like that's everybody's <laughs> alibi for everything. Uh, you can see that I logged into my Netflix account. Yeah, yeah. I was probably just. I was watching. online on this e- yeah. e-shop. Who who else would be home watching that much Community? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for doing thank this. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the ride.